0: Episode 1967 of the number one podcast and Apple Podcast for Job Search. You are listening to No BS Job Search Advice Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Altman, The Big Game Hunter, and welcome. Hidden jobs. The hidden job market. Where are you going to find it? Where are you going to find these unadvertised jobs? And that's where today's show with Tony Talbot is all about, or what it's all about, I should say. Tony is an executive recruiter in the UK. He hosts Career Move Secrets podcast terrific show where he interviews people at a variety of different levels and offers advice. I did his show the week before and uh, I had a good time with him and did one about networking. Hope you find this interview helpful. I hope you follow the advice Tony offers. I've been talking about this for years and Tony just does it with that accent that Americans love. We'll be back in just one moment. So my guest today is Tony Talbot, a director and executive headhunter with Mindset Mindset Search in the UK. He's been recruiting for more than 20 years and is particularly strong with tackling senior, strategically important, and hard to fill positions where the pool of potential candidates is teeny tiny, Highly specialized and hard to reach within the professional services field, his work is in the UK and globally, and he also hosts the Career Move Secrets podcast. Tony, welcome. Hey. How are you, Jeff? <laughs> Terrific, thank you, and thanks for making time today. My and, pleasure. You know, we talked last week when I I spoke uh, on your show uh, about the hidden job market, and you shared with me that although you've been in search for more than 20 years, it's probably been 15 years since you last advertised for a position. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just don't, I must say during my time, you've obviously been in recruitment longer than I have. And we had that interesting conversation about, you know, all the changes that you've seen, but certainly during my time in recruitment, which probably started around 1999, those days, yes, we used to advertise. We, there were certain channels. There was in the UK, you used the times and the telegraph. These were the national papers. You know, the, the the job section came out on a Thursday and all the big hitting jobs, everything sort of six figure plus was in there. Um, and, and that was the means by which you recruited. It, it was really what we call selection as opposed to search in that you would um, you would advertise a position. You've got 100, 200, maybe 300 CVs with a covering letter, some of them on weird paper and all this sort of stuff. And you sifted through that and made calls to those people and tried to work out who's going to be on your shortlist. Actually, recruitment's changed so, so much since the dawn of uh, of the internet, which was just sort of getting gaining pace then on all the job boards and LinkedIn and, and actually differences in the way that um, your end employer, our clients want. Not just the people that are available on the market at any one time for a senior role, they want the very best people that the market has to offer. So actually, it's all about passive candidates as much as it is about active candidates and and the game of recruitment has certainly changed and yeah i've got to say i i don't advertise my roles because i don't think it's a great route to market for me um i find that if i go direct and headhunt people that i find through my network through networking through linkedin through other resources and find people that are a perfect fit that is a better route to market and a better solution for my clients so yeah um the hidden job market is real. I know it's not one of these terms, isn't it, that everyone uh, finds annoying. You know, what is it? But all it means, as you said, Jeff, is just means that jobs that are not advertised and they do get filled. I'm filling jobs that are not advertised every you know, month, every year. Um, and it's thought to be the biggest part of the market, 80 percent. So. It's a market that you need to be in, in my view, if you're looking for a job today. And that's the trick. How do you get into that market?
0: And it's interesting you bring this up. And there are a couple of things you've already hit upon that are terrific. Uh, First of all, that notion that when you're brought in for a search, the client is expecting you to find the best person available, not the best one who happened to respond to an advertisement. Mm. And the, the distinction between the two folks is very profound. I know when I started in search back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, (laughs) you know, that's the way I would market myself, was the notion that you can run a huge ad in the New York Times was my advertising medium. uh, And that was a Sunday newspaper where you'd have these huge ads in the financial section that would cost 10s of 1000s of dollars when that really meant something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, they would get whoever was actively looking. And my thing was always to tell them about, we're going to find the best person available who probably has their head down doing a great job. And they're not really thinking about looking, but we've reached out to them and we engaged them in this role and they're interested. So that was one thing you hit on right away um, that I thought was a great takeaway that I, I didn't want to let go, go by that when a search firm is finding people, they're not just trying to find active individuals. If, if you happen to be that by accident, so be it. Now, the other fun thing, folks, is the notion that he mentioned of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And as I've said for years, LinkedIn is everyone's database now. Yes.
1: Absolutely. And the only database that is self-populating, which I think is just great. And that's why I love it so much.
0: Agreed. So the hidden job market is unadvertised positions. Now, let's put ourselves in the position of being the job hunter for a second. And you're trying to connect with the hidden job market. (laughs) It needs a certain degree of booming voice and resonance. Mm. Where do they go find it? It's not like it's advertising itself. It's saying, "Look over here for me." Like, how do you get people to engage with you? That is the that's the real
1: trick. And of course, LinkedIn allows you to publicize where you're at in your career and your achievements. And I think that's you know certainly for all of us now, that's a first port of call when we're looking for a particular set of skills. So. Your CV, as I think we, we were talking about this the other day, Jeff, I, I believe your CV and your LinkedIn profile are essentially very, very similar. I know a lot of people will say, well, if you're selling something and you're trying to do something outside of the world of, of, of um, job searching, that you might have a different type of profile. And that might be the case. But if you are looking to be found for jobs by headhunters, then pretty much you want your cv and your linkedin profile to to match and to be very very similar so that the keywords whatever they may be for your industries for your roles for the things the skills that you have are all there on your profile your profile's complete and full and if it is then people like me will find you and the hidden market will you know hidden job market will start to 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 come to you if you're if you're in that mindset Another way of doing it is to find recruiters in your niche. So if you're, you know, an oil and gas guy and you you do a search on LinkedIn, do you be the reverse headhunter, if you like. You think you, you look at maybe recruiters or headhunters as a title in oil and gas, maybe with some very specifics in there, maybe a location in there and a bunch of people will come up and you connect to those people and reach out to them. And what you will find is that they have a whole heap of jobs that they are dealing with that are not on their website for various different reasons. The reasons being often these jobs are uh, highly sensitive. There's an incumbent in there that maybe needs to to leave before this, this role becomes super real. It could be that they are looking at a different part of the market where they're about to win a piece of work and they don't want everyone in the world to know that, Um, you know, maybe it's just because they actually think that um, advertising roles as I do doesn't really get you anywhere it just gets you lots and lots of interested people sometimes as many as several thousand who all think they're right for the role but they're not um because they're not close enough because too many here's my other thing here's my big bug bet search click and apply online has made it too easy for people to apply for jobs you know we've all got into this mindset that there's this abundance of jobs out there and there are but of course, as you and I know, Jeff, you know, the same job is advertised 10 times by 10 different people. It's cut and paste by different recruiters, some of whom aren't even talking to the to the end employer. So you get this, this fantasy that there's all these amazing jobs out there. The truth is, you know, not, not many of those jobs are, are really real. There's a lot of fake stuff out there. People just cutting and pasting stuff to hit a daily target of how many jobs they've advertised. And in even just making jobs up so that they can gain interest in candidates, so it's a bit of an odd, odd area now. I think the the, the sort of online advertising game. Every job attracts about two hundred and fifty CVs on average, but only say two percent of the people that apply are called forward for for an interview. And the reason is that's not well. That's not the, the the end. That's not the only thing that's happening in the recruitment piece behind the scenes. Much more interesting things are happening like search. I like referrals in companies. I mean that's forty percent of the market right there. Forty percent of jobs are filled through referrals um, by people within a business saying, "Hey, I know a guy that could do this job," and then there's the recruiters and all the other things. So actually, you know just applying to lots and lots of jobs and thinking, "I'm being busy there tends to be a real lag on on advertised
0: positions. It's other things more important things are happening all the way along. And I'm going to pause for a second and point out to everyone that what you've also said is is something about the importance of networking proactively. Mm. Identifying firms that you want to be associated with and developing relationships within those organizations so that people proactively know, like, trust and respect you and can feel comfortable referring you to that organization should something appropriate develop. Too often job hunters... Lurch in their networking, only coincidental with their job search. And thus, they're fearful of seeming like one of those people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those people who are only there to take, 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 because that's the way they look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they're that's doing. Right. And uh, they're right to be uh, concerned about that. But what I've heard just talked about here is the notion of proactively developing relationships in organizations that you'd like to be associated with yes no matter where in the world they might be and see what you can do to develop those relationships when you don't need them and thus they'll come to you at the right time yeah and you you mentioned i mean you
1: you and i are on the same page with a lot of this stuff Uh, you mentioned a a bob berg quote there and he, I, I i agree with him he, he says the golden rule of networking is all things being equal people will do business with and refer those people that they know like and trust and i think that this know like and trust piece is is, is incredibly important and that's that's why um people who get referred to a job they're already ahead of the pack. They've come in through the side door They're not, or even the back door. They're not going through the front door with the thousands of CVs that come in through through an ATS system, an African tracking system that then gets rid of 80% of them because they don't have the right keywords in it. They're not in that group. They're, they've got a person, a senior role within the company saying, vouching for them, saying, I know, like, and trust this person, and therefore you ought to interview them. It's a completely different situation and one that gets you closer to the, to the job more quickly and, and more effectively, particularly as you've got an inside track. You've got somebody who's telling you what the job is really about. Because, you know, you look at, you look at any job online, I, I always argue that it's 80% fluff, you know, bump, you know, job spec. Anyone that I read, they, they just seem to be full of HR sort of nonsense, really, about this, that and the other. It's all very cut and paste. When you speak to a hiring manager, they have a reason to recruit. There is a story behind every vacancy, but it's the story you need to know. And normally it's, this person didn't do that. They weren't capable of doing X, Y, and Z. I need them to solve this problem. And it's finding out what that problem is and then presenting yourself as a solution, which is the difference between getting the job or not, or getting the interview or not, and actually then getting the job or not. And you don't get that information from uh an online advert you get it from somebody you know in the business or a really good recruiter who understands the brief uh, properly. And that's where you want to get to as i say search click and apply it's all very good you're sitting there it's all very quick but it's not effective you need to speak to people you, you know you and i jeff are dinosaurs that want to talk to people about
0: jobs and that's how that's how you get ahead that's how you really do it it's so funny um I I have a course coming out online shortly that I talk about, you know, the best question to ask on any interview. Because Mm -hmm. so often people are surprised to find out that that job description or that advertisement that they saw doesn't really reflect the position and they're shocked. Uh, HR people have laughed with me for years when I've said 80% of job descriptions are accurate. And the question is, what's the 20% that's inaccurate? And thus, uh, the first thing I teach people to do on an interview is, is to you know, ask for the interviewer's perception of the role and what they can do to help so they can hear the current thinking about the role, which may be a little bit different than what they believe it to be. And thus, mm. once they know what the target is, everything flows from there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it does change as well. I mean, each
1: person that uh, an interviewer interviews changes their perception of the role that they're recruiting in a way, because it becomes about, well, you know, this guy had this and he brought this to the party and this, this uh, lady, she brought that. What I'd really like is a hybrid of the two. You know, that that's, that's during the day that they've interviewed. It's, it's turned from a bit, a, you know, a, a sort of two dimensional piece of paper to a 3d person that they're trying to, they're trying to, um, you know, find that's perfect for the role. And, yeah you're definitely asking great questions and as you say asking some open questions at the start of an interview when a company's giving you the their sort of usual speech about the business if you can turn that into a conversation about the role and about their expectations not just now but in the longer term then yeah you're going to uh, you're, you're going to have a better starting point than anybody else that's uh, that's in that interview process
0: and I don't want to let, go, let the, something you said go by without emphasizing it. The roles evolve. Mm. From the time the job description is created, from the time that you saw the ad, as they start to talk to people, the thinking about the role evolves. And you never know it. You never mm. know what the changes are in their thinking. And unless you inquire at the beginning uh, of a conversation, you're operating with older information. And thus you're disadvantaged under those circumstances. So always find out more. But we're off the topic of the hidden job market. Oh, yes, we've gone away from it. (laughs) So, so far, we've talked about the importance of LinkedIn. Mm. We've talked about developing relationships with people proactively within an organization to um, make sure that they know, like, trust. And I add the one extra line uh, word in there, respect you. Yes, uh, and will consider you for something should, should something materialize so you're not just simply lurching from each search to build up your network what else can people do to kind of tap into well, that market well it's interesting this this is something that i've seen throughout my career every
1: year i place maybe two maybe three people into roles that don't exist you know we're not just talking about you know the hidden job market, but we're probably going a stage further where in essence, what I do is perhaps present a very interesting person who is in their wheelhouse. Somebody who uh, is in their industry, um, probably works for one of their competitors to some extent um, and has a very strong profile, uh, a very, very, you know, very placeable candidate. And I will approach um, a CEO um, or somebody in the C-suite with this particular person's profile. And lo and behold, they're interested and they want to meet them. And at that point there's probably not really a role they they, they the, all they're thinking is this person's interesting I'd like to meet them if they're on the market I want to talk to them. And you know over the course of a couple of meetings it becomes evident that they know more than maybe the current company or the current group on a, sub, a subject or in an area and they start to form a role around that person and i've always found that to be some of the most satisfying pieces of recruitment and in fact they're, they're great for the company because they get somebody who essentially builds a role that they are very very capable of doing and the candidate gets to um, gets their ideal role in many ways a role that that uh, uh, allows them to really focus on their key strengths, so it can be a massive massive win win and it 's actually a win for me as well because um, I, you know I get to uh, have a really great conversation with a company maybe i 'm not currently working with as a client so um, yeah th- there is definitely that opportunity, and people can do that themselves by networking by making uh, uh, themselves available for conversations it 's amazing how What comes out of these conversations and the knowledge that somebody might be available, all of a sudden, you know, things are rejigged and a role is created around you. And that's something that happens regularly. So, um, yeah, take advantage of that because companies, they react to opportunities. That's what being in business is all about, reacting to opportunities as they
0: come your way. And I'll point out there's two dynamics to that folks. One is you can do that yourself if you understand the organization that you're targeting. Number Mm -hmm. two is a great search professional will be able to connect the dots between the clients that they serve and you Mm -hmm. and you can suggest to them um, who you might be interested in talking with or who you understand are their clients and suggest that they might approach one of those firms uh, on your behalf based upon the relationship. Doesn't guarantee an outcome quite obviously, but you know, when all is said and done, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I find it's, it's, it, it, there's a ratio in there, something like 20% of the companies that you identify as being a good fit will be interested because they're in a space where they're interested. It's all about getting to the right person in that business, the right decision maker with the right approach. And as you say, a good search professional will know how to do that. It is something you can do yourself though. Um, You know, if, if you're, if you're armed with the right tools and, and, you know, I have an online course where, you know, career move secrets is, is, is just that career move secrets.com. And I, I I talk to people about accessing the hidden job market and using some of the techniques that we use as headhunters to get themselves in front of these companies um, and start that conversation, and then once they're in that uh, situation where they're they're in an interview process, it's then about using all of the you know all of the experience of the very best candidates to drive that process forward to um, a nice offer and an offer that you can negotiate into a, into a role that you're you're very very happy with. So it can be done people are doing it. And I think actually right now in this weird world of sort of COVID, um, I think this is happening more and more because um, yeah, you know, companies don't want to advertise uh, roles for various reasons. Sometimes they're making redundancies at the same time and you you can't be doing that. So there's lots and lots of these direct conversations happening in my view.
0: I always think about the thought leader strategy. How do you become seen as a thought leader in your field? field? Uh, One of the the techniques I've suggested to people for years is the idea of being a speaker, Mm -hmm. being on the dais, presenting and presenting extremely well. You wind up as part of Google searches people will discover you for having been in that kind of role before, make sure your bio and the other things related to your presentation become keyword rich. So as the searches are being conducted by search firms and by others, they are able to locate you for that, not just simply your name. Your name doesn't have that value. It's the keywords around the speech or what the topic is. That's more important here, but being on the dais, makes a big difference to people because it separates you from the ordinary. True? Yeah, it's a a value
1: piece, isn't it? And I always say this about, you know, LinkedIn profiles and everything. Everybody, we're all making value judgments all the time. You know, we're all very judgy, I'm I'm afraid. Um, Particularly, you know, recruiters, they look at a, a CV, they make a value judgment. They look at your LinkedIn profile, they make a value judgment. If they think you're a person of interest in a particular sector, a known entity, somebody that has a profile, then they value you more highly than the next person who doesn't have, you know, those speaker engagements or that content on LinkedIn or, you know, uh, has been interviewed for, for that podcast. You know, these are the things that make you more visible, but not only more visible, they make you more valuable. Um, and, and, you know, this is a bit, you know, we're going into the sort of world of brands and everything like that, but everybody's paid over the odds for something based on your perception of its value and i think this is also true in the case of of people and hiring is that there is a perceived value with somebody who has more accreditations or more accolades or more uh exposure on um on social media or more media engagements or whatever they are the guys who are earning a little bit more and getting more offers than those that don't have all those those bells and whistles so yeah there's 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 a lot of value to be had in that and of course you know we've never uh, today is incredible because you you we can all self-publicize we can all express our expertise in various different um ways and linkedin's a great way of doing it but there's youtube and there's all the other channels that you can use as well to sort of say hey look at me i know my stuff
0: And Tony mentioned in passing, appearing on podcasts. There's writing, there's speaking, there's YouTube. You know, the situation where you're presenting in one way or another, well, the video is going to wind up on YouTube. That's going to be searchable through Google. Same thing with the podcast appearance. On and on and on. The notion of how you build, I'm going to use a word that many of you don't like to hear, a brand for yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah, personal brand. Yeah, I'm afraid I argue if you're on LinkedIn, you have a personal brand, whether you like it or not. You've already filled out that little bit. You've got, you've got, you just need to invest in it now because your name is associated with your background. It is searchable, as you say. People have a perception of it, they value it one way or another. If you invest in it a little bit more, then it's going to start to do more for you. So I'm afraid we all have a personal brand, whether again, it's another one of these phrases like, you know, uh, the, the the sort of hidden job market. Everyone wants to poo-poo it. It's not really a thing, but it is, unfortunately. <laughs> You've got to just embrace it now. That's the modern world.
0: And how else can someone tap into this market? Because we've discussed a lot already with these points, mm. but I, you know, and, and I'm flying past branding, which we can, of course, circle back to. Mm. How else can someone be noticed? Uh, and is it? Here's a really good one.
1: Okay, right. So you're in a particular industry. I, 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 I like my questions at interview as well. I think one of the questions that you should always ask at interview would be about the mega trends of the industry. But you can also think about that from the point of view of when you're uh, trying to grow your um, your visibility and and have something interesting to say. So every industry has got something coming around the corner. You know, I don't know. Looking at aviation right now. You know, the big elephant in the room would be, you know, what's going to happen with, you know, business class flights or whatever it might be. And you often find that the graduates who are, you know, doing their dissertation will do these, you know, interesting topics about future gazing. But we can all write something. We've all got knowledge and you, we can all research using the Internet. All you to be an expert in any given field, you just need to know more than the person that's talking to you, you know, in a way, you know, more than the next guy. So I would argue, whatever industry you're in, try and get a grip of what's happening next. Read about it, get the articles together that are interesting. Um, one way of 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 just appearing to know more is to just recirculate other people's articles, point them out in much the same way as people do on LinkedIn and say, "Look, hey, I re- read this great article. It moved my th- knowledge forward in this subject. You ought to read it too." That's one way of presenting yourself. Another would be the old-fashioned essay of you know, like we all did at university or whatever, where you 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 essentially the sum total of other people's knowledge you 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 package it up into an argument that you then form and ask a question thereafter, which is another great way on LinkedIn or other places to say, hey, I know lots about this, but you're really sharing the knowledge that's already out there. And then you're asking other people to comment. What you'll get is people engaging with you who are interested in that next thing. And it's always you know, your most senior business leaders, they are paid to think about what happens next, not just what's happening now. So they're the people you get on the radar of really, really quickly if you future gaze, if you say what's happening in the industry next. And I've maybe not got all the solutions or all the answers, but I know what the problems are and I know what people are proposing. There's a, and, there's a great way.
0: And thus you're the curator of information.
1: We can all be curators, absolutely. And, and, and doing that well um, makes you look you know, like a, like somebody that, that other people want to know and perhaps employ. And
0: it's something that if you speak to a group or you appear on a podcast, one of the things you can do is take the file, have it transcribed by someone on Fiverr, mm. and then do an edit job and turn it into a short book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That it also becomes that credential. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's 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 plenty of scope for for saying, you know, look, I'm interested in... People want to hire people who are interested in the industry that they're in. Uh, they want to know that you have industry knowledge, that you understand what's happening now, what's happening next. These are some of the things that I think really uh, play out at interview, but also in, in the interview process um, and the recruitment process beforehand. You know, does this person look like they're committed to the industry sector and they know what's going on it's just a basic that you want people to have but if they then go beyond that and they they look like a bit of a trailblazer in the industry wow your value has just gone up massively so um you, you're capable of maybe you know jumping a grade or two by being you know the, the sort of pseudo expert in what's happening next um it's a brilliant thing to do, and it's not that hard. It's a bit like being at you know, university and writing a piece on an essay on a topic that you don't understand. You research it. You become more of a knowledgeable person than the next guy. You ask the right questions. You pose the right stuff, and you, you share quotes from people who know more than you and perhaps ask some questions. It's, it's, it's a tried and trusted method. Uh, it
0: does work. Yes, it does. I know friends of mine have done this for years. And, you know, going back in time, pre-internet days, Mm, there was a woman I knew who would share little articles. This is pre-internet. So she would make Xerox copies and mail them to people Mm. uh, of things that she thought that might be interesting, uh, might be interested in in the article, might benefit in some way and thus got on their radar. She Mm. was a, a very early commodities broker. And for women, she was the first one in her class at a major firm. And when all is said and done, that's how she wound up with many wealthy investors uh, as her clients. Same thing exists today. How do you get on the radar is the question.
1: It's the information age, isn't it? That's the age we're in and, 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 you know, knowledge is power. So if you can can curate the information, if you can project the information uh, that's relevant for people, Uh, to the relevant groups, you know, joining groups and starting conversations, it just makes you look more like an expert in your field. And that's what you, you know, I think more and more these days, it's, it is about expertise. I guess we're coming, coming full circle back to the hidden job market and why it is like it is, is because we as recruiters are asked to find people that as, as we said at the start are, you know, experts in an area. They don't, people don't want to hire somebody who could transition into a role. They want to hire somebody who hits the ground running, and and has the company running faster than it was previously they want somebody that that moves the dial forward so that always tends to be somebody who has great knowledge of the sector um you know we used to talk a lot about transferable skills i think you know they clearly are there at the start of your career and i think they they are there at the end of your career when you just talk about the size of company that you ran and all of the the sort of management piece but in the in the mid part of your career now it is much more about are you an expert do you know more do you add value in that way and understand something that's happening in the industry it's why going back to you know why do people not advertise jobs or why don't they fill jobs that way it's because what what companies want is the ready-made product and when they when they post an advert they get you know, 80% of the people the ones the ATS uh, discounts are people that are outside of the industry that just think, this sounds interesting. I'd like to learn more about this job that I don't really know loads about, but I think I have got, uh, you know, I'm a 70% fit. Companies don't want 70%, 70% fit. They want a 80, 90, 95% fit. And that's where we, we, we've ended up with the, uh, the hidden job market being as prevalent as it is.
0: And you like to be the one who's tapping someone on the shoulder, Mm -hmm. In the course of your search, you don't want to be looking at job boards to find resumes. You want to be the one who's reaching out. So, folks, I'll just point out, you could have your resume out in lots of places. And people like Tony and others in executive search will never see them. Mm -hmm. So the goal here is how can you be found by him and others like him? How can you proactively reach out to people so that they know, like, trust and respect you? I'm going to hit that theme again, mm. and they believe that you are more expert than someone else. What yeah. can you do proactively to do that? Is a big part of this.
1: Well, I think you've got to decide. You know, I, I talk to people about their job searching. You know, if you, if you. If you're open to everything, and I, I, we were talking the other day about people who are open to opportunities on LinkedIn, and I think, well, you know, number one, your headline, you know, is is your prime real estate. So if that's just saying open to work or open to opportunities, but it's not telling me what opportunities you're open to, it's a bit of a, a, a you know, a, a damp squid. It, it, you need to, you need to narrow down what you want to do, and where you want to do that thing, and then project that out because otherwise, people will they'll just pass you over if you're if you're too much of a generalist or open to everything nobody can solve that problem for you You have to solve that first so you have to establish what do you want to do in what industry how can you then get in that industry and that's you know a sort of uh, a process of thinking it in, in reverse if you like if you then start to project that you want to be in that industry and link with people who are already in that industry and have those conversations build that tight network rather than just a massive general network um and do what you were saying earlier jeff of say identifying the 20 best companies in that space that you want to um you want to speak to start following them on linkedin start linking to their people um and reaching out over time maybe you know, stalking them a bit on, on social media. So this is, this is something that I talk about a lot. You know, not many, social media is huge and not everybody gets traction. If you like, and better still, you comment on people's content, you, you get on their radar straight away. So, you know, some person in a, a, a business that you want to work for, if you constantly like and uh, comment on their pieces, perhaps even asking questions, you're all of a sudden a, 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 a more of a known entity to, to them. Um, than everyone else because, you know, not, not everyone's getting, you know, 500 comments on their, their latest piece of content. More likely they're getting five, maybe 10. So you can be one of those 10 people that's having a direct conversation with them. What a great opportunity that is. And it's, it's, it's there for everyone to have that opportunity.
0: Super. What haven't we covered yet that we should? In terms of the hidden job market? I think,
1: yeah. I think just, just being aware that, you know, the facts are that, you, you know, you're a long way from getting a job when you when you make an application. It's fine for people who are at the start of their career, um, graduates, you know, first job. There's no other real way of doing that other than networking with people at businesses that you want to work for in the, in the same way. But if you're in an any way senior, you know, I'm saying to you that really your effort shouldn't be, you know the sort of 80-20 rule, if you like, that that uh, you know twenty percent of your rewards comes from, uh, sorry, eighty percent of your reward, rewards come to, from twenty percent of your effort. You know, actually, your networking wants to be the bit that you spend more time on than maybe your applications uh, online. I, I think there's a bit of a reverse idea here. I think if I if I was looking for a job today, I wouldn't be sitting around making hundreds of of applications by just search clicking and applying. I would be making real high quality applications by looking at jobs that I found and saying, am I an 80, 90% fit for that company? And why, what's my why as to why I'm a fit. And then instead of just, you know, hitting uh, uh, apply, I would find out who do I know in that business? And I'd reach out and speak to them. And I'd say, about this this interesting role i noticed who's who's uh, who's going to be the hiring manager for that as far as you know is that a live position i'd i'd get the real inside track i'd see if i could get directly referred to that because the person you know in that company may well even re- get a reward for 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 referring you might get a 2-3000 dollar reward for doing that so there's a win-win there and of course you're then in the no like and trust situation where you know you're already being vouched for so that that would be something i would do in terms of an application that was just more uh, made more sense than simply hitting apply and watching my cv fly off into the black hole of the internet not knowing whether i'm going to get any re- any response whatsoever and I, I, that to me just uh, that's i'd be too out of control that's that's no good to me so spend more time on quality
0: over quantity is what i'm saying Thank you, Tony. This has been terrific. How can people find out more about you and your work? Well, if you if you go to careermovesecrets.com,
1: you'll find that I have um, a website there that talks about a lot of things I do. In fact, some of the interesting things that are on there, other than my podcast, which, of course, you've been on, Jeff, which uh, which, which was great, um, which where I, I interview uh, senior people uh, who have had great careers, lots of CEOs on there, uh, lots of senior recruiters, and... Um, and even people who have just made great career moves, most of which it seems uh, have occurred within the hidden job market as it happens. But uh, there's some great stuff on there, but there's also some free content, some free masterclasses. So, for instance, if you're looking at your CV resume at the moment, a resume if you're uh, in the U.S. Is, is, a, is a more common parlance, isn't it? Um, I show you how to, uh, it's, a, it's a presentation where I show you how to actually construct your CV, what the best way is to beat the applicant tracking system when you need to, but also have your CV be read by somebody like me and understood. So I give you the perfect format and I give you the template and that's all free. That's great. And in terms of your uh, job search, I also have a masterclass on that as well, which explains a lot more about what I've been talking about here in the hidden job market about how it really works, how recruitment really works and how you can get yourself uh uh, into a situation where you're accessing the hidden job market. So they're two free resources that you should absolutely take me upon and you'll find them at careermovesecrets. secrets.com. And the third one, of course, is the podcast. Yeah. The podcast, which I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think what am I, I'm not like you Jeff, where I'm up to 2000 episodes. I'm still early days at, at about 26. Uh, they are sort of uh, slightly longer pieces, but they, 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 as I say, I think there's some real gems in there. It's people genuine. People talking about their experiences as hiring managers, CEOs, um, as international recruiters. And I think there's some incredible information that's coming out of that. So
0: do subscribe to that as well if you're interested. Thank you, Tony. And folks, we'll be back soon with more. I'm Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter. If you have a question for me about your search, there are two ways that you can get it answered. First of all, you can reach out to me at thebiggamehunter.us forward slash live and schedule 15 minutes with me. I think we're charging $50 for it at this point, or the biggamehunter.us forward slash video answer, where you pose a question, you get a, a three to five minute video back from me. At my website, which, as you probably have guessed, TheBigGameHunter.us, I've got thousands of posts there to answer your questions about job hunting, hiring more effectively, managing and leading, being effective in the workplace. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. There's a small icon in the lower right or a picture of me in the upper left You get notified when I release something new. Oh, one last thing. If you have a fire TV, a fire stick, or Roku Download the Job Search TV app on Apple TV and maybe 90 other smart sets. Download BingeNetworks.tv and watch me there. Whichever choice you prefer, go watch there. Have a terrific day and most importantly, be great. Take care. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways to optimize your job search and get better results. First of all, visit my website, TheBigGameHunter.us. Go to the blog and go exploring. There's just a lot there to help you in the blog. And if you want to take my class on interviewing, it's called The Ultimate Job Interview Framework. It's available on Udemy. Uh, it's U-D-E-M-Y. Or you can just use this link, TheBigGameHunter.us forward slash interviews and order my class there. It's very inexpensive, like 12 bucks if you're a new Udemy user, nineteen ninety nine if you're an existing one. In addition, it's now available as a Kindle book or as a paperback on Amazon. You can order the book there if you prefer a different format. And As a paperback, I think it's $6.99. As a Kindle book, it's $2.99. So, again, very inexpensive. Obviously, I'd love to help you with coaching. At my website, you can schedule time for coaching with me or schedule a free discovery call. And if you just have a couple of questions for me, go to thebiggamehunter.us forward slash live. And you can schedule 15 minutes with me or the biggamehunter.us forward slash interviews. And what you're able to do is um, ask a question and get a response back with a three to five minute video. I'll be back soon with more. And In the meantime, I hope you have a great day. Be great!